ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 Purpose Girls. I am so excited about today's episode, but before I begin, I want to let you know that there will be some explicit content. So if you have kids around or it's not something that you are interested in, then I just want to make sure you know that in advance. So the other day, I was having a conversation with three of my dear friends. We talk everything from business to fears to anger to everything. And one of the things we hadn't really talked about, I mean, we will say to each other, oh, I had hot sex last night, but we haven't really talked about orgasm. We hadn't talked about how each of us comes or doesn't come or what we're not feeling in the bedroom or what we desire. I admitted to them that it's often hard for me to orgasm, that it just doesn't happen my whole life. I can because I started masturbating when I was five and I learned how to rub myself And if I repeat exactly what I did when I was a little girl, I can orgasm. But it's harder for me with regular sex. And another woman said she has multiples, multiple orgasms. And we each started talking about how our bodies work. And we said, my God, like women never talk about this stuff. And it's so important. In the same week, I've been moving forward. Josh and I have been moving forward on fertility treatments. And there I am in the waiting room with all of these other women going through exactly what I'm going through, each of us having our own story, our own pain, but very similar experiences. And we're all not even looking at each other. We're on our phones, right? It's like avoiding each other when we could be the world's best support group. I posted about going for this fertility visit on Instagram. And I got so many messages. Thank you for talking about this. No one talks about it. So today's episode is all about these things that we don't talk about, but we need to. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about orgasm. We're going to talk about infertility and more. So you're going to want to make sure that you stay tuned until the end of the episode, because this is a juicy one. First, of course, our review of the week. This one is coming from Heather Lopez in the United States. Heather says, this podcast is exceptional. I absolutely rely on it to get me through my day. I listen to it as much as possible. I'm from the Midwest and the weather is warming up right now. So I'm taking Purpose Girl with me on my walks each day too. This podcast is my me time. It's helping me on my journey to self-love and happiness and living a life of positivity. I've learned of new books, other influential women, anxiety and children, relationships, careers, the list goes on and on. I look forward to this podcast every single day. Aw, Heather. I follow Karen on Instagram. I've joined her Facebook page and downloaded her free informational items too. Thank you for being there for me and so many other women, Karen. You are truly admired. Oh my gosh. Okay, Heather. My whole heart is like exploding and thank you, thank you. I don't read these in advance. My team gives them to me to read on air. So I am um, exploding. I'm grateful. Thank you, thank you. So if you have not yet read a review, I read one review every week. Because we are creating a Purpose Girls community here, right? That's why we have the free Facebook group. If you haven't joined it yet, go over to Facebook, Purpose Girls. And my team and I, we post several times a week inspiration and questions and, you know, featuring a member. And I read a review of the week so that we can create more buzz about this podcast so that we can expand our community. So if you have not yet left a review, please pause this podcast for just two minutes. Go over to Apple Podcasts and leave your five-star review. Tell us why you love this podcast. Every single five-star review, every single comment that you make matters because that's how women all around the world are finding us. In fact, last week we were number 12 in self-help in South Africa. So call out to all my ladies in South Africa, all my ladies around the world. I love you so much. I am so grateful and so honored to get to do this amazing work of changing the world one woman at a time with you. All right, back to the topics we don't discuss. 
right? Talking orgasm, talking sex, talking fertility, talking masturbation. Let's think about this for a minute. How else will we be our happiest, most empowered, most purposeful selves if we don't talk about these things? If we don't talk about the things that are on our minds and on our hearts, if we don't talk about how many women are unhappy in their marriages, if we aren't talking about how many women around the world are being sexually abused, if we are not talking about what happens to us personally, if we're not talking about the pain of miscarriage, how else will we know that we're normal? If we're not talking about the fact that the majority of women do not orgasm with intercourse, how else will you know that you're normal? Right? How else will we be able to thrive if we bottle all of this up inside? We have to know that we're okay, that everything about us is wonderful, and that others have been there too. And then we can actually connect with one another in a meaningful way and have strategies, right? Have strategies to uplift ourselves, strategies to shift something that we want to shift. This is why I love hosting retreats, for example, because women come together and have a safe space to feel seen and feel heard and to know that you're not alone. So I have two new retreats in Europe coming up this summer. I'm so excited. So first is a priestess retreat to Avalon or to Glastonbury in the United Kingdom. And this is all about returning to our feminine power. This is if you have felt the call in you that you know that you're here for higher purpose, you know that you have, you're divinely here, and you want to regain that feminine power because this place, Glastonbury in the United Kingdom, otherwise people call it Avalon, really was the home of the powerful feminine, the home of priestesses. Kings used to consult with high priestesses about what to do with war, what to do with everything because women's intuition was honored. And so this retreat coming up June 27th to July 3rd is all about a return to the powerful feminine. And it's going to be incredible, like dancing and drumming and so many incredible coaching experiences to elevate in your own feminine power. The second that I am so thrilled to announce is this will be my third time leading the Purpose in Paris retreat. Paris is my all-time favorite place on this earth. And so... I'm going to take you on a tour of my favorite little spots in Paris and to all of the big places that you maybe have always wanted to go, but we're going to do it all through the eyes of self-love, all through the eyes of empowerment, all through the eyes of purpose. And you can go to PurposeGirl.com if you're interested in those or any other retreats. But what a retreat does is it gets a group of like-minded, like-hearted, like-souled women together to start sharing honestly, start really talking about what's going on? And to start receiving, not just complaining, right? Get a group of women together. And so often, what are we doing? Right? We're probably complaining, right? So often like, oh, my husband's driving me crazy. Or, oh, the kids, like, I, they won't do anything I say. Or I'm just so overwhelmed. And listen, I want us talking honestly. What that's not doing, though, is creating a safe space for the deeper pain. Like, that it actually hurts, maybe when your husband doesn't pick up around him because you feel like you're being ignored or the deeper sadness that maybe you're you've lost yourself and you don't recognize yourself in the mirror or the the actual pain of wanting to live purpose and not knowing what that is or the questions about you know things that you've been through maybe the shape of your breasts or maybe it's about orgasm or something like that and Am I, am I okay? Is this like normal? And how do I work with this? Women can come together in such an empowering way. And that is our opportunity. So I want to begin with fertility. So Josh and I have been taking big step. We are actually moving forward in the IVF process. And I have to tell you, this was something I was so anti for a long time. And I was anti because all you have to do is type in IVF or the hashtag IVF, and you will see how many women are struggling with this. You will see how many women are in pain, how many women and men, but have gone through multiple four, five, six rounds of IVF and no result, or how many are kind of in an obsessed place. And I thought, I just don't want that, right? Like I would rather adopt a child. And that still may be something that we do, but it's something that has been inside of me, to be honest, has been this vision 
of me being pregnant. I can see it so clearly. I can see walking down our steps, full belly pregnant, and Josh meeting me at the bottom of the steps and helping me down with that last step. I can see it. I can feel it. And so there's something in me that has this like feeling that I am supposed to be pregnant. And I have to tell you, having two miscarriages has been the most painful thing I have ever dealt with. And I have shared on this podcast, I mean, my first love abused me, right? She would beat me, beat me, punch me in the stomach, punch me, pinch my legs until I was black and blue, scream at me. Later in life, I witnessed my friend Ed drown, all stories I've shared on the Purpose Girl podcast. But having those miscarriages was by far the worst experience of my entire life. The first one, I began to spot in my underwear, and I was terrified. I went to the bathroom, and any of you who have ever been pregnant, maybe you know this feeling, or if you've had a miscarriage before, you definitely know this feeling. Every time you go to the bathroom, like at least for me, every time I would go to the bathroom, I would look at my underwear, and is there a spot? Is there a spot? Is there a spot? Am I okay? I went to the bathroom, and there was a spot, and it was a brown spot, and my father-in-law's wife was over, and I called her into the bathroom. It's like, I needed another woman there. And she said, oh, no, no, that's okay. She looked at my blood. She said, that's okay. That's, that's normal. And I said, I, I just feel like we need to go to the hospital. And so they took Josh's son out to a movie and Josh and I went to the hospital. And while we were in the waiting room, my anxiety was kicking in and I started to panic. And then I had to go to the bathroom. And I went into the restroom and sat down to pee. And, um, I miscarried into the toilet. Now, if that is TMI for you, then I'm sorry, but I'm not. We have to talk about this stuff because one in four pregnancies will end in miscarriage. I mean, one in five women have had a miscarriage. So this is something that is impacting at least one woman that you know. Maybe it's impacted you. Maybe it has happened to your sister. Maybe it's happened to a friend and she hasn't talked about it. Maybe it happened to your mother or your grandmother and you don't know about it. I hadn't known about my grandmother's miscarriages until I had one. And then my mom said to me, grandma miscarried. And in fact, later when I was having a, an energy healing session and the energy healer, when he was working on my right shoulder, he said, what happened to your grandmother in 1938? And I said she was living in Vienna, Austria, and Hitler invaded. I mean, this is a man who I've never met before. This is a man who didn't even know I was Jewish, who didn't know where I was from. No, how could he possibly know? I mean, this is like crazy stuff, right? And then later he was working, doing energy work on my legs. And he said, your grandmother is, her energy is here again. And I keep seeing the number three. So later I texted my mom. I said, how many miscarriages did grandma have? And she said three. So miscarriage is so common that many women don't even know that they miscarry, right? You might just think that you have a late period. You might just have a little bit of extra blood or you might not even, right? If, if what happens is that the egg and the sperm fertilize and create an embryo and it, it might not even get implanted, right? And then you miscarry or it might get, you know, implanted for a day and then you miscarry. So miscarriage is so common. And one of the things that breaks my heart is that we are not talking about it. There is so much shame. So when I miscarried the first time, I posted it on Facebook and I probably got 70 responses, maybe more, many on the page itself, many, uh, in the direct messaging, but I probably got 50 to 70 responses of people who specifically said, me too. And many of them said, I never talked about it. I never shared. I suffered in silence because I wrote in my Facebook post that I'm sharing this so that women don't suffer in silence because we, we can't. Why would we? We're, who said that this is something to be ashamed of? And yet, from my own personal experience and working with many clients who have been through miscarriage, Many of us feel ashamed of this, as if we've done something. Someone I know has had multiple, she had five miscarriages. And a family member blamed her, as if it was her fault. Of course it's not her fault. 
right? She ended up finding out that there was something in her body that was actually rejecting pregnancy. And I'm thrilled to tell you she now has two beautiful children. But how is that her fault, right? It's, it is her body. But who's to say a miscarriage can also happen because of chromosomal issues that came from the sperm? I mean, this is something that we don't need to be ashamed of. And yet I remember so clearly the feeling of feeling like I wasn't a woman, feeling like my womb was broken, feeling like there was something wrong with me. And so I decided to post it for the world to see. And I'm deciding to talk about it here. And I'm going to talk about my IVF journey here because we need to. Because we deserve that. Because any of us who have been through any loss, if you have been through a miscarriage, you are a warrior goddess. And I guarantee that you know someone who has miscarried. You probably know multiple people who have miscarried. And each of us women deserve to hear that we are warrior goddesses. Years ago, a client came to me and she had had one miscarriage in the middle of three healthy children born to her. And that miscarriage was just hanging on for her. It was so painful for her to have lost that child. And as we worked through, she also was, she was thinking about shifting careers and her purpose. And she discovered what it was, but it was going to require her to go back to school. And she's like, I can't go back to school. I have no courage. So I said to her, tell me all the times when you have been courageous in your life. And she paused and she really thought about it. And she said, when I had the miscarriage, I woke up and I still took care of my other children. Now that is a warrior goddess on purpose, right? She still woke up. She still took care of her other children. She still got them off to school. She still went on with her life with strength. And so let's start talking about this. In fact, next week is National Infertility Awareness Week here in the United States. And I don't even like using that word infertility. I call this a fertility journey because of the way our brains work, right? If you keep saying infertility, then that's what your brain hears and your brain is connected to your body. We know that through many research studies. So we're going to call it National Fertility Awareness Week, but it's really National Infertility Awareness Week. And so it is so important that we normalize this for every single woman who has experienced any loss, any struggle in this area. In fact, according to the National Survey of Family Growth, one in eight couples or 12% of married women have trouble getting pregnant or sustaining a pregnant. 7.4 million women, right? And this is just in the United States, or 11.9% of women have received fertility services, right? This is huge. And fertility issues can come from the woman and her eggs, as is the, my case, just my age, I'm 44, fertility issues can come from the male partner and his sperm, or it could be a combination or it could be unexplained. But something that is so important to keep in mind is that this is absolutely part of our society every day. Yes, we're, you know, many women are getting married later. Many women are making decisions to have children later. Many women are, are making choices not to have children at all or to have however many children they want. Women stay home and that is their full-time work. Women work out of the home. It's all good, right? So no judgment. Rather, realizing that this is something, let's start talking about it and let's remove the shame around it. Because think about a woman who has gone through such a horrific loss of a child. If that child had been born and was, let's say, six or 13, and then she still took care of her other children, you would say, that woman is strong. That woman is courageous. That woman is powerful. You would see all of her strengths. And so that's the truth about every woman who has suffered miscarriage and every woman who has wanted a child and has never gotten pregnant. That loss, that heartbreak, is something that so many experience and therefore is absolutely normal. And we need to start letting women and men know that they're validated in their pain and they are strong and powerful in their resilience and that we believe in them and no more shame, no more shame. So another place that the shame with fertility and women can come is that it's quote unquote supposed to be our job to be able to have a baby, right? Like we grow up and we think, oh, if I open my legs, I'm going to have a baby. Like that's a woman's job is to be a mother and to have a baby. And it's supposed to be this natural thing. And if we look at the statistics, it's actually not that natural. 
most times that you have sex will not result in a birth. <laughs> and that is actually fascinating. Because if you think about it, when we were kids and you were in your health class or your sex ed class, like, I don't know about you, but I definitely thought, oh my God, any day of the month, anytime I open my legs, if I ever have sex with somebody, I'm going to get pregnant. And that is actually not true. So even in, if let's say you are so young, you are so healthy, you, you know, have everything going for you in terms of like a quote unquote normal functioning reproductive system, still you only have a 20 to 25% chance of conceiving in any given month. Like that blew my mind when I realized that nobody talks about that because there are only a few days of a month that you can have a baby. Yes, something could happen. You might drop an extra egg and it's really just based on our cycle. But really, this is why so many people have trouble with pregnancy. So the industry is actually also an issue. So we went to a different doctor about two years ago and we liked him at first. He was really into what I do for a living. When my feet were up in stirrups and he was doing all of his tests, he would tell his nurses what I did. We were like really into him. We were like, oh, we lucked out. This is so great. We love him. And then a month after all of our testing, and just so you know, because I want to be totally open about the things that women don't talk about and should, the testing that's involved is there's a test where they, you know, put a catheter up into your uterus to check that your fallopian tubes are open and that your uterus is open. There are tests to see how many eggs you produce every month. There are ultrasounds that you get done every couple of days. They test you on different medications to see what your body responds to. So after a month of testing, they test sperm, of course, too. After a month of testing, Josh and I went in to get the results and he looked at Josh and he said, you have the sperm of a 25-year-old, right? Doesn't every man want to hear that? They have the sperm of a 25-year-old. And then he looks at me and he says, well, you're over 40. What do you expect? And I was crushed. I mean, I was crying. I was hyperventilating. I said, but but I, I got pregnant already once because we went to this doctor in between the two pregnancies. I said, I got pregnant once. And he said, well, look at how that ended. And so I was just in hysterics and he immediately started recommending egg donor and different routes for us. And I, I, he was just so insensitive, right? And that was the moment I felt like he's trying to sell me something. Because I said, well, what about other options? Like, can I do something with my diet? Can I do something with exercise? And is there any other natural, right? Like now I know acupuncture can help. There are so many things that can help. And he didn't want to share that with me. He had just focused on my age and I couldn't wait to get out of there. So needless to say that now, a couple of years later, when Josh and I are ready to take this different route, because I keep seeing this image of me being pregnant, we found a different doctor. And I heard about embryo donation. Now, this blew my mind that couples who go through IVF and they're done creating their family, they may have one, two, three, who knows how many embryos still frozen cryopreserved. And you can actually, they will donate if a couple wants to, they can donate those embryos to a couple in need. Now, when I heard about this, I was blown away. Like, again, why is no one talking about this? Here's an opportunity for people to be able to have a baby, for a woman without a partner to be able to have a baby. Here's a huge opportunity because there are all these embryos frozen. In the United States alone, there's an estimated 1 million frozen embryos. 1 million. Can you imagine how many couples could have babies if these other couples would be willing to release one of those embryos? This is extraordinary, especially because now I know that embryo, receiving an embryo and implanting an embryo for a pregnancy is so much cheaper than egg donation, actually, which I'll get into in a moment. So this is incredible. It can actually run like six to six or seven thousand dollars. And there are so many couples and single women and, and maybe single men who want to use a surrogate who are in need of this. And so this is something we don't talk about because maybe people feel ashamed. Maybe people are scared to have their, you know, kids walking around out there and no judgment. You don't have to donate your embryos or you can, but this is something for us all to talk about. This is an option for people who want to have a baby and maybe you didn't know about it. So when Josh and I went to this doctor, we specifically chose this doctor because they have a bank of embryos. And 
immediately we fell in love with the whole office. Each person, we saw like four people, each person spent like 45 minutes with us. We got to cry. We got to laugh. We shared our story. Each person embraced us. I mean, we felt so good about this whole office. And we left there. And shortly thereafter, my parents came into town. And I was watching one day. It was my mom's birthday. And I was watching Josh with my mom. I was watching him help her with her coat. I was watching him help her get out of a car on an icy street. I was watching how well he took care of them, getting them coffee in the morning. And I thought to myself, why wouldn't I want his sperm? Like, why wouldn't I love him so much? I adore him. Of course, I want his genetic material in this baby. And so I personally then said to myself, rather than doing embryo donation, let's do an egg donor and match the eggs from a donor with your sperm. And it took me a little while to really work through. I had to grieve. I had to be, get through some anger to really work through that genetically this child would be Josh's and not mine. And then our doctor said to us, actually, because you carry the baby in your womb, because of something called epigenetics, then the baby is actually getting your genetic material as well. Wow. I mean, can you imagine? This whole thing blows my mind. I mean, I'm so grateful right now for modern technology that is making it possible for more people who want to have children to be able to have them. It blows my mind too. Let's say we had done embryo donation and it was neither my egg nor his sperm. Like I could have had an African baby inside of me or a, an Asian baby inside of me like full on. And so it just blows my mind. Modern technology is amazing. We are so grateful. So I had an experience recently. I was at an event and speaking with a woman and just getting to know each other. And I shared about the, my fertility journey because, of course, I'm trying to take away the stigma and make it, you know, shameless, you know, really make it uh, acceptable and, and known because so many of us go through this. And she whispered to me that she had a baby when she was 45 with an egg donor. And she shared that she, you know, didn't want anyone to know. And then I said to her, and she also shared with me how challenging it was, you know, it has been to feel like this child is more her husband's. And I shared with her this thing about epigenetics and what my doctor said, and you could see her shoulders relax. She said, oh my God, I wish someone had told me that 10 years ago. And we hugged and, and I said to her, there is no shame in this. You fell in love later in life. You met someone later and bravo to you for taking this brave step. Your child was meant to be here. So this is an absolutely important and critical aspect of our lives that I'm so happy to be talking about because I want every single one of you out there to know that there is no shame, that you are loved, that you are brave, and that there are so many options for you. And that's what we're discovering. And listen, it's scary it's scary we're about to take this step and it's expensive. I keep saying, I okay, universe, just send me $25,000, right? Just like have it drop effortlessly and easily into our laps. And I'm trusting it will because I'm really feeling, it's like I can feel my whole body and you will know, right? We all know when something feels right and doesn't feel right. And so wish us luck. That is our next step. And I'm honored to share it with all of you because I really want us to start talking about the things that we don't talk about. So I'm going to pause on that for a moment. And I want to share, I know I have talked about the FabFitFun subscription boxes in the past, but I just received a new one and it's amazing, right? These are such great gifts for the women in your life. And since Mother's Day is right around the corner, like this would be an exceptional, awesome gift for your mom, for the woman who like gave you everything or for a friend who's a new mom because it celebrates them being a mom four times a year. Right? These boxes are incredible. I love them because they're always full of high quality beauty, home, fashion, fitness, wellness products, and everything in it is full size, right? So you're not just getting like the little trial. And based on what you choose in advance, the retail price of everything in the box is like $240 to $340, right? So you get to discover new brands and products. And in this month's box, oh my God, I'm so excited because I got these Diff sunglasses. First of all, they retail for 80 bucks, the, or more than 80 bucks. The box itself is only $49.99, but you can use uh, the code PURPOSE, right? It's it's a code I'm giving to all my listeners. Use the code PURPOSE to get $10 off your first box. So you for $39.99, you can get a pair of sunglasses in there that's 
more than $80, plus a whole bunch of other products. I also really love the Ahava foot cream. I've been to Israel a number of times, and Ahava is such a popular Israeli cosmetics company because, like, all the mud and the Dead Sea, I love it. So you want to sign up for FabFitFun today. These boxes always sell out. Use my code PURPOSE to get $10 off your first box. Go to FabFitFun.com, sign up, start getting the box to live life well. Use promo code PURPOSE again, $10 off your first box. That's more than $200 of goodies for only $39.99. Again, FabFitFun.com and use my code PURPOSE to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. You will not regret it. You'll love it. Okay, back to the things that we do not talk about. So how do we actually get pregnant? Well, we get pregnant with sex. So let's talk about what we are not yet talking about with sex. So raise your hand if you have ever faked an orgasm. Probably every woman listening to this is raising their hand. All right, raise your hand if you have ever pretended you've made a noise like, oh, oh, yeah, in order to kind of speed things along because you really weren't into it. Or let's say, as one of my mentors said recently, you know, you were having a foot cramp and, you know, you didn't want to say anything during sex. Like, raise your hand if, if these things have ever happened to you. So I have not had a lot of success in natural orgasm. Now, I'm someone who's very sexual and sensual. So, you know, it's like a little embarrassing for me to share that with you. I had to really get to know my body to understand how does my body orgasm? Because I started masturbating when I was a little girl and I orgasmed all the time. Like I didn't know it was called orgasm. To be 100% honest with you, I would watch General Hospital every day. And if there was a steamy love scene, I could have been 10 or 11 years old. I would go down to my bed. I would bunch up my sheets. I would rub against them and I would have this full body release. And I just knew it felt so good on my pussy. I didn't call it that then, my vagina. I knew it felt so good. And I knew that my whole body relaxed and released. And so I would do that every day, whether it was General Hospital or some other book I read. And I loved it. And I didn't really know that there was anything wrong with it. Like I knew to go down to my room and do it by myself. Um, and thank God I didn't know there's anything wrong with it because there is nothing wrong with it. Most kids actually touch themselves. They orgasm. Many kids, this is another thing people don't talk about, many kids touch each other. So you might have little boys touch little boys because they're curious. Little boys touch little girls. Little girls touch little boys. Little girls touch each other because they're curious. It's actually a very natural thing to be curious to kind of like, what is that body part, right? You get a girl and a boy together and they, you know, genetic, a biologically boy girl and they're looking at each other's body parts and they're different. So of course they're going to be curious, just like they're curious the first time they see a train or the first time they see a certain kind of bird or the first time they see a giraffe in the zoo. There's a curiosity there. And that's actually very healthy. What's unhealthy is the way that society, at least Western society, has made sex, quote unquote, dirty. Like think about how he's dirty magazines or you're a nasty girl or you're a bad girl or you're, you know, naughty. Like we've turned it into something so bad and wrong. And yet at the same time, the messages that come to girls and women is to be hot, to be sexual, to be like a porn star in the bedroom. Right? So like these messages are very confusing for women in sex. And so we are often given these underlying messages that tell us that we're supposed to be like a porn star in the bedroom and, you know, like a Mrs. June Cleaver as a wife. Like, we're supposed to be both of these things. And, you know, it's like prude in one area and totally out there in another. And so I know I always felt like once I started having sex and intercourse, I was in college, I thought, oh, I'm supposed to just have an orgasm every time. I didn't know. What I now know is that most women never reach an orgasm from intercourse alone. 75% of all women never reach an orgasm from intercourse alone. That's penis in vagina, right? That's incredible. Like how much relief, I know at least one woman out there is hearing this right now and going, whoo, thank God, I thought it was just me. But how many of you have faked an orgasm because you think that that's what your partner, you don't want to insult him or her. You think that that's going to make them feel good. You're like afraid to let them down or tell them it's not working. So they think, I mean, I really think that most men think that a woman will orgasm from penis intercourse. And that is just not true. In fact, 
about 10 to 15% of women never climax at all. Never climax at all. And so this is something we need to start talking about because, my goodness, girlfriend, we are all worthy of orgasm. Orgasm is fun. Orgasm feels great. Orgasm is delicious. It should not be the goal of sex. So one of the things that has happened in sex that I think is a real tragedy is that it's become very goal-oriented, right? We've talked on the Purpose Girl podcast about masculine and feminine energies, and the masculine energy is goal-oriented, do, 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 like get the job done, cross it off the list. And that's the world that we all grew up in, right? You learned how to do well in school. You learned to get a good job. You learned, right? All those kinds of things. So we're very kind of masculine-minded as a society. The feminine is the place of creativity. It's the place of fluidity. It's the place of connection. It's the place of slowing down. It's the place of enjoyment. We don't just get things done, right? But sex, for how many of you out there, sex has just become like, it's just a thing and let's get it done. And right, and maybe you're like, oh, I'd rather wash my hair. I'd rather, you know, the kids have been all over me. I don't even want it. Except that it's actually very natural and it feels really good when you can figure out what actually would work for you. If you're like most women, maybe you have a hard time talking about, maybe you don't even know what you like, and then you have a hard time sharing that with a partner. Again, things we're not talking about but are totally normal. A recent study that was published in the Journal of Sex and Marital Therapy found that 37% of American women required clitoral stimulation to experience orgasm. Our clitoris is the place, and I would say 37% is probably low right? The clitoris is the one body part on either men or women. It's the one body part that is for pleasure alone. It has no other job, right? The penis orgasms, ejaculates, and it pees, right? The clitoris is teeny tiny on the outside. Inside, there's so much more to it, and that's what gets us to a G-spot. But the clitoris is only there for our pleasure, The clitoris is so small and it has 8,000 nerve endings. The penis only has 4,000. That's why a lot of men go at it rough because that's how they're used to working their own penis. But when you work a clitoris, right, the tiny ball, hopefully you know where I'm talking about. If not, get the book Pussy, colon, a reclamation by my mentor, Regina Thomashauer, or get some other book and look at your anatomy. It's so important. Grab a mirror so you can see your own anatomy. The clitoris is where... Many women, most women need stimulation in their clitoris because it's 8,000 nerve endings. It's so sensitive. And that's really where we climax, where we orgasm. In this study, what most women said is that they need to spend time to build up their arousal. Many, most women said they need emotional intimacy. They need connection. And you can feel into yourself, what is it for you? And when we know, this is why it's so important to discover your own body. This is why it's so important to self-pleasure. If you don't like the word masturbate, use the word self-pleasure. And you can begin in a really gentle, loving way without ever needing to get to orgasm just to bring yourself pleasure. Just by lovingly touching your legs and your knees, your thighs, lovingly caressing your breasts, Now, for some of you, I think, oh my God, I could never. Or maybe you're thinking, this is against my religion. And I am not here to tell you what to do with your religion. What I am telling you is that you have a body that was designed for pleasure. A woman's body is literally designed for joy. And it's just that most partners have never been taught how to love us and how to make us feel good. And we don't know how to make ourselves feel good. And so it is super important right? The things that we don't talk about. Let's start talking about self-pleasure. Let's start talking about what works. Let's start talking about what other women are doing for pleasure, for enjoyment, for climax. Let's start making this something we talk about because my goodness, every woman alive deserves orgasm. Can you imagine how the world would change if more women were orgasming? If women stopped faking it, but actually told their partners, you're going to keep working it until you get it. Can you imagine? We would have a totally different world because when a woman is in her joy, when a woman is in her pleasure, oh, she attracts. 
right? She's all lit up and glowing, and that's when other people start to notice her, whether that's potential partners or friends. The universe starts to send her like magically attracted things. Think of it as manifesting. I think of it as a woman manifesting. So a woman's power comes from being in her pleasure, in her joy, and there is nothing to be ashamed of. According to a study at the University of Chicago, 38% of the women in their study said that they had masturbated during the year. And for men, it was 61%. Now, I actually think both numbers are low. (laughs) I'm not a sociologist. I'm not a researcher. But I wonder how many people did not want to admit it. But there is nothing to be ashamed of. You know that you are not alone. In fact, we have to really get to know what we like. We have to get to know what we're all about. So orgasm for women actually has so many health benefits. Let's talk about these for a minute. So first of all, it improves circulation to your organs and it delivers nutrients and healthy tissues. It regulates your menstrual cycle. So women who orgasm at least once a week are more likely to have normal menstrual cycles. Like this is incredible, right? Because it's generating good juicy flow to your uterus, good juicy flow to your ovaries. This is incredible. It increases fertility and a sense of wellness, right? Which actually, it, it energizes your hypothalamus, your part of the brain, which regulates appetite and body temperature and emotions. So it like really like helps to kind of induce your ovulation, your cervical, cervical fluid. It also helps to detoxify your body. So if you've been feeling like, oh, I've been eating a lot of gross stuff or you haven't been like feeling good, you've been feeling moody. So what we know is that orgasm actually helps with the body's detox process to improve digestion and mood and even help prevent cancer. This is like amazing. It also helps to induce deep relaxation. So any of you who have trouble sleeping, girlfriend, start self-pleasuring grab a vibrator, okay? I am going to, um, coming up soon, I'm going to be interviewing an expert on uh, sex toys. And we're going to talk about the different vibrators. So, you know, we are going to have that conversation. There are so many wonderful ones out there and I can't wait to talk about the ones that I use. And they work. Um, And you can test different ones and see see what you like. And it enhances deep relaxation. And so if you're someone who's like constantly stressed or you're, right, so what happens is orgasm will relax your body, it'll boost your endorphin levels, and it'll flush cortisol, which is the stress hormone, out of the body. Like who doesn't need less stress? This is amazing. It also spikes DHEA levels on the body, right? DHEA is the hormone that improves brain function. It balances your immune system. It helps to maintain and repair tissue, promotes healthy skin, this is amazing. You ready? Any of you who want to look younger, you got to orgasm more. Studies have showed that making love three times a week, okay, in a stress-free relationship can make you look 10 years younger. Why is that? Because what's happening is, is a woman is more in her joy and her pleasure. And orgasm is one way, even just self-pleasuring without orgasm. I will often just self-pleasure in the shower and not even make myself get to orgasm. Rather, I just feel so good and juicy. So what's happening there, right? So all the good endorphins are in my body. The cuddle love hormone is in my body. It's increasing nitric acid in my body. Like this, this stuff is so good. Okay. So What's happening then, my skin is getting all flushed and juicy. My body is relaxed. Like, tell me that that would not create peace in this world, right? It would. It would. It cures migraines. It boosts infection-fighting cells. It helps fight cold and flu. Like, it goes on and on. So this is so good. Now, if you're a woman out there who has trouble with orgasm like I do, perhaps it's really just learning what brings you to orgasm. So here's what I've learned. I used to be ashamed to go back and rub myself the way that I did when I was a little girl because I thought I'm a woman now and I, I shouldn't need that. Well, who gives a crap, right? <laughs> I, what is I shouldn't mean? Of course I should. And I have this amazing, wonderful partner who supports me in saying, you know, so many women can't orgasm at all. Who cares how you get that orgasm? Like, let's let's do that. So as an adult woman, I have reintroduced what I did as a kid and it works every time and it feels wonderful. The other thing is I've experimented in the shower, right? Using, um, using different soap. Well, I'm like my soap is in my hand, so it's all like juicy in there. Or I've experimented using a mirror and using lube. I highly, please, if you're going to touch your own pussy, then use lube and look in a mirror and get to know her, get to love her. 
say nice, kind things. Like how many times we say, oh, it's probably gross down there. I smell. That's not going to turn you on. That's not going to make you feel hot and sexy and gorgeous. No, instead, grab a mirror and look at her and say, wow, thank you. Thank you for all the wonderful things you do for me. Thank you for helping me feel pleasure. Thank you for being so juicy. Thank you for, you know, wanting to bring me joy or orgasm. And then explore with lube. Just open her up. Look at her colors. So these are things women do not talk about. I have actually been in a couple of circles where we each opened our legs and showed each other our pussies. Why? Not anything sexual, but to say, huh, I'm normal. It's okay. And to also see how each pussy is different. And by the way, I'm using that word intentionally because vagina is only the opening Literally, the root of the vagina of the word vagina means sheath, like the thing that the sword goes into. So if you just say vagina, then that just means that the only purpose of our female genitalia is for a man's penis to go in. And I know that our beautiful genitalia is for a lot more than that. So you could say vulva, you could say the Sanskrit word yoni, or I happen to like my mentor's word pussy. So Whatever works for you. I'm using that word very intentionally. So spend some time with her. Tell her she's beautiful. So when I went to these two events where we were open, uh, literally, (laughs) about our pussies, we did it so that we go, oh, okay, I'm not the only one with big lips, or I'm not the only one, maybe your inner lips hang down, or I'm not the only one, right? It's like, oh, I'm not the only one who has like 10 different colors going on there, right? Or I'm not the only one who has, you know, a full bush or complete Brazilian. And it actually was really healing and wonderful. I was at a, an event recently and someone shared that some young girls are starting to have pussy surgery because they think that their lips are too big. They think that their labia are too big. And this made me cry because every pussy is beautiful just like every woman is beautiful. And who says whether our labia, the lips of your vagina or lips of your pussy are supposed to be big or small. So where are young girls getting this from? From boys. Where are boys getting it from? Porn. Internet porn is what is causing many women to fully shave, fully have Brazilian waxes and no judgment, but also no judgment if you want a full bush or you want something in between. The reason so many young girls are doing Brazilian, are shaving completely, is because boys think that that's how it should be based on porn. And that is sad. The other thing that's happening is girls thinking that their pussies are misshapen. And that is a real shame. We've got to put an end to this. Because every girl is beautiful and they're all different, right? They function similarly, but they're all different. And our job is to really get to know ours and say, oh, I love her and I'm going to honor her colors. I'm going to honor her shape. I'm going to learn what she likes. These are the things that we never talk about. So I will have to do another episode another time about more that we don't talk about because there's a lot. And I'd love to hear from you. What topics are you curious about? Like, what are things that you don't tell the other soccer moms or you don't tell the other women in your office, the things that you're ashamed of or curious about or feeling weird about or feeling like maybe you're not normal? Let me know and I will cover those in a future (laughs) we are normal, things we don't talk about episode because this is so important. And any of you out there, if you have struggled with any of these topics that I've talked about, you've struggled with pleasure then know that you're not alone. You've struggled with orgasm. Know that you're not alone. If you faked it, know that you're not alone. If you desire to feel differently about sex, know that you're not alone. If you have struggled with fertility, know that you're not alone. If you have needed egg donation or embryo donation or adoption, know that you're not alone. Know that no matter what you have been through, you are going through, you are not alone. Your story is absolutely unique and We all have experienced struggle. We all have been there. We all are in this together. So purpose power tips for you. Number one, get to know your body, heart, mind, and soul. Get so clear about who you are and what you need and what would light you up and literally what would make you feel all tingly inside. Number two, find a community 
a sisterhood where you can be honest and you can talk about these topics. Join us over on the Purpose Girls Facebook group. I am absolutely committed to that being a safe place where we can talk about everything. And I welcome every comment there. So please join us. It is an inspiring, empowering, free group on Facebook. Or join one of my retreats. Women who come on my retreats say that they are life-changing. On my Purpose in Paris retreat, someone came home and tattooed the Eiffel Tower on her arm because that was her place of freedom. That was her place of finding her tribe. That was her place of really realizing her fullness, her capacity, her whole beautiful, gorgeous self. So find a sisterhood that you can connect with and you can feel safe with, right? You can go to my website, purposegirl.com, look up retreats in the future. Make sure you join my newsletter to find out when I'm doing more retreats, more group coaching programs, because that is how you will come to just feel so glorious about yourself. And purpose power tip number three, please remember that we never know what others are going through. And so having compassion for yourself, no shame. Shame likes to hide in dark corners. That's what Brene Brown, the amazing shame researcher says. But shame can't live when we speak it out loud. So be sure that you are loving toward yourself, compassionate with yourself, and of course, loving and compassionate with others. Know that everyone is going through a different journey and be the person that others can connect with and feel safe around and feel like they can open up about the things that women don't talk about. So with that, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this episode of the Purpose Girl Podcast. Thank you for continuing to listen, downloading our episodes, subscribing. You are why we are ranking and reaching women from South Africa to Luxembourg to Macau to Toronto, Canada and Philadelphia in the United States because of you. So thank you for rating us five stars. Thank you for leaving your review. I love hearing them. Leave that review. You might be the next one I read on the review of the week. Also, of course, make sure you join that Facebook group. Follow me on Instagram at Karen Rockhind. Make sure you're getting my newsletter. I love being in touch with you. I love hearing from you. As you know, together, we are really changing this world one woman at a time. So with that, may you live purposefully. May you love your whole self, girlfriend. And may you love life. Bye for now.